This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Great, we're recording. Okay, hello, uh, and welcome to the Carousel Podcast. I have with me today a big name, huge name. Uh, <laughs> Josh Lakash. Yes, but no, I'm not. I'm not a big. I'm not a big name. Come on, it's not true. You're a pretty big name. I, I, well, what I want this podcast to be about is who you are. Who the hell are you exactly? Because I've seen you around so many times, and I don't know exactly yeah. what your story is. I guess so. I don't know. I'm not. I don't think I'm a big name or anything. I'm just like, a, like a troll. I guess I don't know. Um, so sometimes I'll pop up and then just disappear. You know, I'm in my own little corner, and it's because I'm behind the uh, a paywall you know my show is during the week it's on gumroad i used to be on patreon until they banned me um and i've never been really on youtube you know uh or anywhere public so i've always kind of been behind a paywall uh and then on the weekends i have my show on censored tv which is also behind a paywall it's gavin mckinnis's network and um so i guess that's why like i guess in the world of punditry or whatever i know the big people we we all kind of know each other it's relatively a small world but to the masses i'm really not famous or anything i have almost forty thousand followers on twitter it's not you know not a big deal but with regard to like who who i am who am i um you know i tried to be a normal citizen i tried to uh, you know, have a normal job. And in like 2017, I had a little tech startup and, but I've tweeted things that won't really allow, um, for a real job. So I've tweeted things to the point where I'm unhirable in this new world we live in. So this is really all I can do. Um, and since also, cause I'm not anonymous, I'm, I'm, I'm completely, this is, I show my face. It's my real name. I'm very Googleable in the sense that if I went to apply for a real job, they'd be like, oh no, you're a racist or whatever. Um, yes. So I'm just like a normal guy who uh, is unafraid of speaking his mind. I just, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not wired that way. I, I can't not say what's on my mind. And most of the time it is completely retarded, but that's a whole nother story. So, yeah, I mean, we're in the same boat, basically. I, I think we have probably pretty similar stories. You were, you were in LA also, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I moved out of Los Angeles two years ago. It's two years ago, really to the day, basically. And I moved to Costa Rica, but I was living there for almost 12 years. And, um, yeah. And, and it's funny because and even in those 12 years, things have changed so much in Los Angeles where um, I've 
back then I was a little bit more libertarian. I'm pretty far right wing now, but I was pretty libertarian. But um, no one would not be friends with me because I was pro gun, you know, as an example. Um, no one really cared that much about politics. I think people started to care. And when I say care, I, I'm using that very loosely. Uh, pretend to care. They started to pretend to care about things the moment social media kind of took root. Um, the moment social media became part of someone's extended personality. Um, you know, this is even like before virtue signaling was known to the masses. I mean, like the, it started to socially engineer people into um, thinking that they needed to care. And if they didn't, then they were a bad person. The Coney 2012 thing was kind of the first massive social experiment on the, on, on everyone. And people immediately um, welcomed that whole thing into their lives, hook, line, and sinker, without really thinking about the repercussions. I don't think we should care. I don't think people should care about what most people think about things. Um, I think we should care about like what uh, we should, we should care only about like a the select few people and then everyone else should stop pretending like they care about things. Um, and I think we'd be a lot happier if, if that were the result, but it's not. Well, I mean, human beings are, you know, they're, we're, we're more like bugs than we are like monkeys and people don't talk about that enough. You know I mean? We're, we're like, um, you know, we're, we're signaling creatures and people like to fucking signal, you know, and they like to signal their, um, cohesion with the group. And I, so I think that that's what so much of this is, is people just like bugs, you know, bug man is the perfect term, right? You know, these are bug, they're bug people who are like, I need to signal my, yeah. I need to flash my, like, uh, you know, my, my like uh, approval, approval, approval. But we um, used to, we used to signal things that really mattered. Like, um, it, you know, if fight club was a good movie or not, you know, like that, that to me is more important for the masses than like what do they think about donald trump um it's more Wait, what do you mean what do you like mean? i think that people used to talk about pop culture as an example they used to talk about pop culture and they used to you know that used to be like who made them who they are uh what kind of pop culture they like and that was th as deep as someone were to get pre-social media. And I think that's where most people should, uh, that's the lane most people should stay in, most. And then there are, you know, the select few, like the thinkers, you know, the Curtis Yarvin types, uh, the people who really had something to say, something interesting to say that would push people forward and the masses would look to those people and and kind of like, it's almost like those people had a license to voice their opinions, like would be like, oh, OK, yeah, you're smart. I'm not sure I agree with everything you say. You're smart. We'll leave it to you. But now um, people have been socially engineered to participate in things that they shouldn't be participating in. Like, do you see me going up to a rocket scientist and being like, hey, you're doing it wrong. This is how you should do it. No, 
because I don't know anything about that. And um, I think that's kind of like COVID as an example is really good uh, because everyone had like an opinion and that's how we could convince everyone to wear masks. Whereas before, uh, there wasn't much, there wasn't much, um, there, it wasn't oversaturated, you know, like right now it's, it's the average liberal influencer is like, you must mask up. And then we're like, but why it doesn't work? It's stupid. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I didn't, maybe none of that made sense. Maybe I should stay in my lane. Maybe I should stay in my lane. Let's just set up the episode slightly here. Okay. okay. Let's just okay. set it up before we dive too, too deep into it. So you are a big name in our space. I see you all the time. You're on Instagram. You're on all these things. People talk about you. Um, I don't know. You're like one of these people that in my world, you're like this, you know, like, you know how you just hear names and like sure. the names over here. But what's interesting about you is that you're associated with Gavin McInnes. You work, I assume, with Josh Denny, who I have interesting history with. And then uh, you're I in Costa Rica. Him, but I know him. Yeah. yeah. Is your background real? Is that re really what we're looking at? Yeah. This is, right this is yeah. So this is actually real. It's this like beautiful, insane, perfect background, which is like the most beautiful sky you've ever seen. And so you always have this background. So we know you're, you're in like, uh, you know, we know you're in Costa Rica. We know you are like a family guy. Your yeah. top tweet says something like I'm trying to psyop you into having a family. So you've moved to Costa Rica with your family. Yeah. And you have the show. And like you said, you're very paywalled. Yeah. So, and, but, and then like when you Google you on podcasts, the, one of the first things that comes up is this big saying thing saying they destroyed his life. Wait, what, what happens next? Yeah. Look at this. It's I'm slightly offensive with Elijah Schaefer. It says they destroyed oh. his life. Yeah. Well, that's Elijah's really good with those catchy YouTube like, uh, you know, with the icon and, you know, it's a specific YouTube style and it's a specific way of wording things. And I made my name. I made, I just chatted you. This is in your software and I made my name jizz King that just so you know that that's, oh, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no. So yeah, I don't know. So like you seem to be very connected with these like Hollywood type people like Elijah Schaefer and like, you know, Josh and, and, um, you know, uh, Gavin. So like, what is your story? How did you rise into this? Uh, how are you so connected to all these amazing people? You have these huge guests on your show. So like, how did you do this? Um, one of, I'm not like, okay. I always tell people in, that I'm a normal person. Um, I, I, I'm not the smartest person. I never claimed to be the smartest person. What I am really good at is going with my gut. And I'm really good at seeing trends. As an example, because you're in the New York Times, you were mentioned in the New York Times today with the Hestia article. I um, found out about Hestia probably a year and a half, two years ago or so, um, before they even launched a product. And and because I was already starting to see this, the trend of like, oh, maybe natural tobacco is good. And I wanted to research and see maybe I can do that. But I, I quickly found out it's a very, very hard thing to navigate, you know, with FDA and laws and stuff. Yeah. I'm not good at that, but I'm good at seeing trends. Um, and, and I, that's why I interviewed him, uh, David Slay, the owner of Hestia a few weeks ago. And why I reached out was because I'm seeing this trend and 
most people don't see this, but they will maybe in a year or two, you know? Um, and so I'm not the smartest person, but my instinct is good. My gut is good. And, and I, 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 I'm pretty good at like discerning who you can trust and who you shouldn't trust and all of that. Um, so I, with that, one of the things I'm good at in like in a just world, I would probably work for, um, maybe like a headhunter or something, you know, because I'm very good at, at making connections. I don't know what kind of job that would be, but I'm very good at like making connections. I'm, I'm very good at reaching out to people, um, and, and linking people with other people who, who I think they should know. Um, uh, and, and I guess that's re a really good skill to have when you have this type of show. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I fell into making a podcast because after I was doing this tech startup thing, I, 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 I started a meme account called sad water on Instagram and, and with the goal of also making bottled water, which I did. And then with the goal of selling that to Coca-Cola, which I was in talks with Coca-Cola and they wanted me to, they wanted to put sad water in an incubation company, help grow it, put it in seven 11s, and then eventually they'll buy it. Uh, but that all kind of stopped when I, um, did also a podcast for the show called the sad water sad cast. And most of the listener listeners were Gen Zers who were young at the time. This is like five years ago. And it, it kind of started off like a, a, an advice podcast, which is totally fine and which would have vibed well with Coca-Cola. But then, um, it quickly became political because they start, they, I was anonymous and they were asking me, uh, first they were asking me like dating advice stuff, but then they were starting to ask me more political stuff and I couldn't keep my mouth shut. And that's kind of how that brand, uh, died because, um, Coke wasn't going to work with someone like me, you know, if I was going to be talking about this certain things I was talking about. And then after that, I, I was like, okay, I, I kind of like podcasting. I'm very comfortable doing it. I'm going to change the name and um, put it behind a paywall because I should be making money from this uh, if I'm putting a lot of time into it. And that's what kind of birthed my show Wrong Opinion. And when I was doing that, I reached out to Gavin McInnes, who I didn't know at the time, but it's not like that's the thing. What people don't understand is it's not that hard to get in touch with someone. If you want to get in touch with someone this day and age, it's not that hard to do it. You just have to be kind of tenacious about it. So I reached out to him and I was like, I should be on censored TV. He's like, okay, make a pilot. Uh, I did. It was terrible. He sent back, uh, uh he sent back this, this email, like really ripping it apart. But the, the beautiful thing about Gavin is it's not like he's just a mean guy who's going to rip something apart. He told me what he wanted, which he signaled to me, this is how you should do it. So I redid it. He didn't tell me like, you should go redo it, but he kind of did without telling me. So I redid it. I submitted it. And, um, this is now as COVID is starting before people even know what it is. And, um, and then I sent it and then I never heard back from him. Um, and then I got COVID before they know, knew what it was. And I was dying. I, I, for a whole month, I was just terrible. It was terrible. And then uh, 
four months after that or five months after that, as I'm already starting the show on my own, because I'm like, okay, I, I know what to do. I'm going to do it myself. Uh, and I launched it on Patreon. F like four or five months later, I get an email from Gavin. Where's the show? And I'm like, what do you mean? I thought like you just disappeared on me. Uh, so then I, I pitched it to him. Like, I'm like, I'm already doing it on my own and I'm already, you know, getting paid and, and building this whole platform what on my own. What do you mean, where's the show though? What do you mean? Why would he say, where's the show? What does that mean? Because he's not, okay. So Gavin doesn't like to, he will, he will criticize you and it's valid criticism, but he's not very big on compliments. Oh, you didn't send it back. You mean you didn't send it back? No, no. I sent him the new uh the new pilot but he never responded to me so i was like you know what i'm just gonna do it on my own so i did it on but my then own why and would then, he say where's the show later because he didn't want to say that was cool that's what i want let's do this he was just like where's the show that like like he it was why would he it was it was his way of saying okay, let's work together without being like, that was great. You know what I mean? It was weird. I don't even understand this at all. But, what, what, but you, you said you already had sent him the show. So why would he say, where's the show? Meaning like, um, I want to pick your show up. Oh, like he was saying like, where's the show at these days? Or like, like, like okay, let's work together. Oddly, I understood what he meant. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. I know you. But why would he say? Because you had the show. The show was out, right? But like he was saying, "Where's like where is it for censored TV?" Like, okay, that's good. Come on, censored TV. And then I said to him, "I'm like, uh, I'm already doing this. I I started to move on without you. I'm already doing this on Patreon. Got it, got it. Uh, but but I'll just." We'll, I'll do the same show for you on Saturdays and we'll just do the, it, 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 the only difference is it will be live. That's it. And then he goes, okay, great. So I've been on there. I've already done 110 episodes on there. So I've been and on so there for a few years. And so is that where your, most of your audience came from? Did most of your audience come from association with Ga Gavin? I know the thing is, is because there isn't really much cross pollination. Like they, the, the people who are subscribed to censored, they're like, I already have you on Saturdays. I don't need to subscribe to your gum, gum road. Um, so yeah, it's like I have two separate audiences almost. I see. So do, do you get paid by them? Yeah. Yeah. They pay me. Okay. So you do. So Gavin actually does give you money to make this show. What's your yeah. show over there called? It's just wrong opinion live. So as opposed to wrong opinion. Oh, okay. I, That's yeah, they, the live. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Got it. All right. So why did your life get destroyed? Why is Schaefer saying your life got destroyed? Because he, he's very good real? at, by the way, I, I got him on censored TV. He's going to start there in like a few weeks. Cause he got fired from the blaze. But, um, while I was on oh, Patreon, yeah, yeah, yeah. So while I was on Patreon, um, I, you know, he, he, he wanted to have me on the show and then a few weeks before I was scheduled to go on his show, um, Patreon banned me because I was on Infowars. The moment, like an hour after appearing on Infowars, I get banned from Patreon. And really? then, wow. and then this is like, this is like uh, a few months after 
is it a few months? It's. I mean, I had a newborn at the time, and you know, I have I have to I had to worry about paying rent and all of these things, and they, you know, your my income was just completely gone. So Elijah, because he's a dramatic guy, I love him. He's a, but he is a dramatic guy. He's like his life is over, <laughs> you know. So I guess that's what happened when you Google uh, me. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. No, it's not. I mean, but thank you though for the drama. They ruined his life. They ruined it. Yeah, he's very good at the clickbait stuff. I'm not. But really, they just like banned you from Patreon, which is, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. That's fucked up. That's wrong. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm obviously on your side on this, and I, I don't even really. So Elijah Schaefer, I. I, I can't, uh, there's so many names, you know, it's hard to keep track. Too many of people. Really. I know. Yeah. So many people, you know, he got famous um, because, uh, he was doing during the BLM rioting and stuff. I mean, he was already up and coming then, but he really put himself in danger in harm's way. So he would, you know, get all this crazy footage and then appear on Tucker Carlson and, oh, all really? that. and then, oh, and then the blaze gave him a job and yeah. Like, so footage of like shitty or like not shitty footage of like terrifying shit. Yeah. Yeah. He really put himself in harm's way with that stuff. Damn. But what, like, like videos of like being on the streets and stuff? Like, what was yeah. he doing? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was there when Kyle Rittenhouse killed that guy. Um, he was, the, he was in the oh, thick of really? it. Yeah. He was in the thick of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Um, cool. All right. So like, what is your beat then? Because you, you are not a comedian, right? You're not a comedian. No, 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 no. Okay. So what is your like specialty? That's the thing. I don't, I mean, you know, I'm a branding guy. I'm a branding guy. So like, I need, you know, we need to like, I, you can hire me if you want to. to I should. <laughs> well, maybe I want to. I'm thinking about starting a brand. I'm not going to say what it is yet, but I think it's a really good idea. Yeah. So when the what time was comes, sad water? What was the sad of sad water? I was joking that clouds uh, cried for our yeah. sins, and then uh, okay, and then, got it, got it, got it. and then I just I just, I don't know. I just thought it was really catchy, and I was able to get. I still have at sad water on Instagram, and I trademarked sad water. Uh, and I bought, and I, I own sadwater.com. I don't know. Those are Dude, just very good. A, huh? I had a joke influencer account called water influencer for a while oh, where okay. I like tasted different waters. Yeah. I mean, you lived in LA, right? Like, did you ever go to, you know, we have a real life water influencer here. This guy, Martin Reese, he has like a million followers on TikTok and he oh, just no. like reviews water. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> no, I, I love water because it's like, as a branding person, Water is like the perfect canvas to paint a brand on because it's yeah. the blankest canvas, right? It's like what it's all, it's a hundred percent branding. It's like the, the actual exactly. underlying water. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's what I was thinking. And I was also thinking how Dasani gets shat on and it's terrible and it's Coca-Cola and yeah, you know, yeah. Coke should focus on maybe Gen Z. And this is what I was thinking at the time. And I, I thought, this is something that can resonate with them, which it did. And the, the account grew, I mean, a lot. It had like, I mean, not like huge, but it had like 80,000 followers. And now it, it was like a meme account jo- uh, that 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 uh, had its original content and I would write the jokes for it. Um, so it was growing a lot. And then, um, I don't know, I just thought that it's something that maybe was worth... Um, 
would have been worth a lot of money for, or it potentially could have just been very interesting for Coca-Cola. So um, what was that like when you were at Coca-Cola and like, or you were involved with them and you were recording this podcast and then did you get like called into HR one day? Or, well, I was never, you know, so like, it was really, it wasn't at Coca-Cola's headquarters. They put me in touch with the, yeah, this yeah, incubation yeah. company that, that sure. I forgot what it was yeah. called, but that works with them and they're based out of Los Angeles. So, um, you know, they would take me to, uh, they actually took me to Air One, and they're like, "We can get you in here. We'll be able to get you in Seven Elevens and all these things." Um, so they started following my account, and they were paying attention to what I was posting. And then they kind of ghosted. Really, all it was was they started. They, they just, just ghosted. ghosted you. They just they ghosted, ghosted me. Yeah. yeah, they were super enthusiastic. They were very interested. And then after like very quickly, after a few months, it was just they ghosted me. They're like, it's, it's well, over. And that's how it is. I mean, that's how these things are. And, and that's what's so difficult to explain to people that haven't been through what we've been through, right? It's like you jump on a call with one of these mainstream, it's, and it's gotten so much worse even from then uh, yeah. where you were. But totally. I still occasionally work for mainstream brands. And you jump on these calls and there'll be five women, you know, I'm, I'm in marketing, so it's all women now. It's literally all women. Like there's zero guys left. There's like three and they're all like gr grandfathered in and there'll be perfect diversity. They're all fat as fuck. And then there'll be, you know, one with green hair and like some weird kind of like face shit going on. Yeah. And they will be the uh, DIB, diversity, inclusion and belonging expert mm -hmm. or manager. And, you know, they always change the name. The name is yeah, always every like DEI also. Yeah, no, it was DEI. Now it's DIB because mm. they don't want it to be die, right? <laughs> so yeah, because like... people were saying die. Diversity. Yeah. So, like, and then you get on there and you're like, why is this person here? This person is here to look at me and see the shit that I've posted and decide whether I'm like a problem or not. Like literally they have a like communist apparatchik inside every company. And that, that person's job is like hunter seeker to like hunt down every person and see who's problematic, write their sins down on a piece of paper and then email that to some executive. And then once that gets emailed, oh, you slowly start to get kind of like pushed out. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, that's what happens. And they don't tell you, you know, like if you're not a full-time employee and even then, if you are a full-time employee, they don't want to, you, you know, they want to tell you, but it's illegal to fire you for politics. It's illegal to fire you for various reasons. So you just get kind of like slowly frozen out, you know, right. The only, I've been fired for this several times. The only reason I knew I got fired for it once is because my creative director got wasted. And when he was really drunk, he like grabbed me on shoulder and said, just so you know, he whispered in my ear. I remember it to this day. He whispered in my ear. He said, just so you know, a Trump supporter does not belong at this company. And wow. I got fired two weeks later. <laughs> I got well, laid you could off. Sue. I mean, he yeah. admitted so you could sue. I know. And you know what? It's I, I, I like in retrospect, I totally fucking should have sued them. I actually did like file a claim against them for a different reason. But in retrospect, I, I obviously and should have sued Man. them. And and if it was today, I would have. But, um, you know, back then you it wasn't quite as clear, you know, what yeah. was happening. 
so but, you so then that, you made but. your own company well, so for me, um, it's been like, you know, waves, waves. I mean, I, I'm, I'm basically a writer, you know, I, I wrote for Vice and it's funny because, you know, I mark the, we, you, you in the beginning of this started talking about like where we mark this change from, you know? Mm -hmm. And to me, the change really initiated in 2013. That's when like 2013, 2014, 2012, I think we were still in like, but that's the, the normal America. Yeah. But, the, that, but that's actually, that coincides with what I was saying. Cause 2012 is yeah. the Coney 2012 thing. And that was like, yeah, the yeah, first right, thing. Yeah. that was the first thing to really just get everything off the rails. Like why do you market to that? Huh? Why do you market to Coney 2012? Well, because it was kind of the first, uh, political campaign that that got galvanized everyone via social media um that also had nothing to do with the united states it was almost it was like the perfect test like it literally had nothing to do with the united states and it galvanized like all of these people on social media that were were apolitical before and then and then all at the flip of a switch they somehow all became um political overnight and and it worked and, and and not only that but like it's it, it was something so foreign literally and far away and they somehow got people to care about this thing that they couldn't fully even understand or relate to but they still got them to care about it it's very weird yeah i think i i understand what you're saying you're saying this was kind of like the beginning of social media virtue signaling yeah exactly yeah 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 and like the ice bucket challenge right too, too far after that and that was really just cold water never ice but okay yeah. <laughs> so weird did you do it did you i do never the that's the thing i never <laughs> participated in any of those things and that had to do with my gut i guarantee look it had to yeah. do with my gut i always looked at those things i'm like this is weird why is everyone all of a sudden doing this and then obviously you see the patterns and then by the time it's the black square in in 2020 you're like this is fucking bullshit this is communism i hate this yeah you know but yeah, back yeah. then you're you're kind of like this is weird how, all of a sudden how did you all know to just do this who told you to do this and you're taking orders right away it's amazing it's really it's it's Marketing actually works. very cool hey, you're a marketer yeah. it works it really yeah. does work it really does work and this is what people don't People on the right really don't understand this. Like the, the left is so much better at this marketing program. And well, I'll it's give you, just I'll incredible give you, how bad the right is. At. The right is terrible, but they did something a few weeks ago. They did it and it worked. It's very weird. They really did it because it wasn't grassroots. They pretended it was, but it wasn't. The Oliver Anthony guy who's mediocre. Yeah. Uh, he, mm -hmm. I don't think he's good. I think he's whatever. And also he's... Um, uh, uh, he's he's like a he he has the mentality of like a boomer neocon like he's, he's yeah whatever yeah, he's yeah. like no big deal you know he's not saying anything well, most people do again like that's yeah i saw yeah. that thing on fortune and trying to be like oh he said diversity is our strength and it's yeah. like all right but it, it that that wasn't really like it wasn't that he was he's just saying what every person right is taught to say you know totally. like I, I don't think he's like a secret I don't think he's like a secret, you know, uh, progressive or something. No, you know? no, no, no. But he's he's like he's like a boomer. He's saying nothing. He's not yeah, saying anything right. revolutionary. But the fact of the matter is, is for people to think that 
that was completely grassroots. It's, it's, I mean, now it's obvious. Um, but even the day it happened, you're like, this is spreading very quickly. He got 300,000 Twitter followers in 24 hours. This is not, this doesn't happen like that. You know, it never, ever happens like that. So I think that that was a big, big marketing effort from all of the big, uh, you know, um, conservatives online, you know, the, the people at the blaze, Jack Posobiec, all of these people. And they pushed it, it, Matt Walsh, they pushed it in unison. Um, like it was an order given to them and they were basically all hired, I think. And you think they were hired though? Like you think this was like a, you think the song and all the promoters were like all, it was all orchestrated. Yeah, it was marketing. I'm not saying anything to fit. It's not like a nefarious thing. This is, all I'm saying is it wasn't grassroots. You think, so who, who organized it? I don't know. But I do, I do think that I don't think it was, um, I don't think it was grassroots. I think it was a massive marketing effort. And if that's the case, then hey, congratulations, conservatives! You're doing the things that you're, you did something, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You mean like they're getting it, like they're doing something right? Yeah, I mean, look, he's in the Billboard. Uh, he's number one on the Billboard charts. I mean, they they won. Same you... thing with Sound of Freedom. Well, but Sound of Freedom, I mean. I, I think it's it's funny to hear you talking about this um, because I'm like involved in this in a lot of ways. So I, I actually kind of can see what's happening behind the scenes a little bit. Do you remember when Roe vs. Wade happened or the repeal of Roe vs. Wade happened? Yeah. Yeah. So nobody remembers this or talks about it. And it's really weird because it's like, it's like it's like it didn't happen, but it did happen. That day, I was just listening to NPR because I just was loving the. Yeah. You know, I yeah, was yeah, just yeah, fucking yeah. loving like the, the coping and seething. And uh, they released a song that day by some big person, like some big pop star. You, like you would know her name. Like she's like a big like you know pop star who's kind of like a cool pop star, right? Like FKA Twigs or something. Somebody like that. I don't know exactly right. who. But like some some person in that category. And it was like a eight minute long song that was saying like, we won't go back. We won't go back. Like we we won't. Like it was like a pro-abortion song. Like was saying it like it was like Eilish? four women. No, it wasn't Billie Eilish. It was some other person. And it was like pre-recorded. And they released it on the day wow. that the thing got repealed. So they had this thing like in the pipeline, like this was already made. Yeah. Like they had already known that they were going to make this. Cause remember it leaked. So probably when it leaked, they like paid this woman a bunch of money to record this song and they released it on the day. And it was like eight minutes fucking long. And it was like, it might've been like a remix of some other existing song. And it was yeah, so still. creepy. It was so creepy, communist. Like it was just like sing songs saying, "We won't go back. We're gonna fight. We won't go back. We're gonna fight." And you know, I should have fucking written a thing about it at that, at that time because it was so interesting to me. And I thought it maybe was gonna blow up or something, but it really showed like how the left wing patronage network works. Like they have this shit lined up. They have a whole schedule and a whole triage. Mm -hmm of issues and money that they filter to this person. They have an entire propaganda like scheme set up, obviously. Yeah. And this was proof of it because they had the song 
eight minutes long by a famous person that they released on the day, you know, like yeah. it was, I, there's, it's undeniable. So what you're kind of saying is the right is like learning how to do that stuff. Yeah. Like we're, we're kind of learning how to, the, the thing, the play, where I'll disagree with you though, is both on the left and the right. So much of this stuff, like George Floyd, for example, is opportunism. It's not yeah. like they wait for the thing to happen and then they take the thing that happened and they like use it, right? It's not completely manufactured because it's very hard to manufacture things like this because somebody's going to tell on you, there's going to be some contract that you signed, right? It's very difficult to manufacture things. I think more what's going on is like triage and opportunism. And like for this guy, I, I doubt that somebody paid to have that song made some random dude. Cause they wouldn't just get oh, some random. No. Dude I'm, make- I'm, I'm, I don't think, I don't know if it was that, but I'm saying that the, the day it was released, it, it, there was a coordinated effort to, yeah, to pump yeah. it up. So there was Definitely. a plan. Oh, for there sure. was a plan. Sure. So yeah. I'm not saying that like yeah. someone paid him to make a song or something. This yeah. is a real guy who probably makes this music or whatever. And then he was plucked. I mean, I don't know how they found him or whatever, but there was a, a, a coordinated effort to make this a thing and blow it up. And then and, and also the proof is like the first question in the, the idiotic debates last night uh, was about the guy's song, you know, um, when there's a million yeah. other things to talk yeah. about. The first question was about this guy's song. So, I mean, it was, it's, 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 there was a, you know, there was a plan with it. Um, we live in a, we, I think you're hundred percent right. I think that what the right is learning is that we live in a world of theater kids, right? Yeah. And that was that article. Kids, yeah. That article, they respond. There's certain things that really drive theater kids fucking nuts. Right. I noticed, is that that Spanish water you're drinking? Is that Vichy Catalan? Yeah. Uh, dude, I know my water, man. I'm a water. It's influence, a good one. That's, it's it's kind of salty, but it's good. Yeah, it is salty, right? It's like super salty. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I think that they, they there are certain things that like this type of theater kid really, really responds to and songs are one of them. Like they really put a shit ton of like steak in like a natural song that's coming from the people because they're fucking theater kids. And so like song singing and dancing to them is huge like remember during covid all the fucking dancing and singing Dude, i know it's like so they, because it's a bunch of theater kids thinking i love i love songs so the people are gonna love songs it's, like it's, that, yeah, yeah and there was actually a guy who was a guy like a guy on tiktok him and his wife they would do like these musical things and um yeah oh man it was so so terrible but also, I think it's I think it's because like millennials and Zoomers have been completely infantilized. You know, like they need that kind of stimulation in order to in order to grab their attention. Like these are not serious people. In order to grab their attention, you need song and dance. You know, you need pizzazz. <laughs> so stupid. Right. You need like jazz hands, and it, it's yeah. like that's it's like TikTok. Also, is that it's like it's like dating now. You have to like. I mean, thank God I don't have to do this, and I assume you don't either. But it's like no, now man. you have to like. Yeah, you have to like record a like a like a song. Like you have oh, to like you have to like sing a like a, like so women strange. have to literally like I mean it's worse for them. They yeah. literally have to like 
do a like dance in order to like be attractive on social it's media. so stupid it's like, it's yeah really it's embarrassing <laughs> i've noticed i've noticed uh something i've spoken about recently is i noticed that um there aren't that many romantic comedies anymore but when they when yeah. they are released the the protagonists are or the couple whatever they're in their 40s and 50s you know and they're getting married <laughs> It's yeah. like what <laughs> the forty year, the fifty year old is Jennifer Lopez is marrying Josh Dumel. What? Do you, what? Why is there a wedding now? They should have grandkids already. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. It's and, so true. But the, yeah, the it's thing, all like old people, old you, people like reconnecting. Like, yeah, but but like you walk around Los Angeles, and you can tell who's on a first date. Like go out to dinner, you could tell who's on a first date, and it's people in their late thirties. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Still dating? It's so depressing. What is happening? Yeah. So how did you get out of this? What, like, why, how did you meet your wife and how did you, uh, how did you like move to Costa Rica? How and why? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, when I was doing the sad water thing, I was, um, I, I was working in a shared workspace called Neuhaus. Oh, of um, course. Yeah. Of course I I was, so I was working there woke for- in the world now, by the I way. I know. Well, did it was woke when I was there. But oh my I, god, they, they had a like in their Hollywood space, which is beautiful. By the that's way, that's where I worked out of. Yeah, space. yeah, they had on the like on the outside of it, they had like an advertisement, like on the, you know, like like wheat paste, you know, like on yeah. the construction wall or whatever, and it was like straight up like the worst trannies you've ever seen like like oh, scars yeah. all over like like of it was course. it was the uglier horrifying. the better you it know? was like the most horrifying shit you've yeah, ever and i was deformed. like i can't believe this is in public like it was like yeah. just pure horror yeah well anyway, i mean it, it, it was pretty woke in 2017 um there was um there was this writer guy i i befriended and he he wrote that Chris Farley movie Beverly Hills Ninja. That was his claim to yeah, fame. I remember that. And he was working yeah. out of there. And like every time he'd see me, he'd be like Robert Mueller. He's got Trump now because he knew I like Trump. Uh, I'm like, no, he doesn't. Nothing's gonna happen. Um, and but yeah, so I I was originally working out of there because of the app I was doing. And then I, even though it was liberal, I liked that I left the house. I liked that I I had somewhere to go to work, and I liked that there were other people there who were driven and I did make some friends there. So when the app was all done and we had to pack that up and, you know, we ran out of money, I still was paying the $600 a month to work out of there um, for my meme account, you know, just so I had somewhere to go. And that's where I met my wife. Um, oh, cool. You met her at Neuhaus Hollywood in real life. I met her wow. not on a dating app. I met her. Yeah. So I met her there and, um, it's funny because whenever I'd meet women back then, I would I would immediately kind of show my cards and I would yeah. I'd poke and prod and I would say things to kind of like test the waters. And uh, I she passed my test, so that's How? why I met what her. Yeah, and then and we were yeah we were like dating. We were kind of it was very casual. We were just like friends or whatever, you know that whole gay thing. But then yeah. when COVID happened, uh, you know, because she was busy with her job and all that, uh, so we'd only see each other a few times a week. But when COVID happened, we had all the time in the world and we'd hang out every day. And uh, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, I keep hearing about people breaking up and we're not breaking up. So um, I shouldn't waste her time anymore. And my, my plan was to get her pregnant. 
And uh, so I did everything backwards. I got her pregnant on purpose. And I'm like, we should get married. After she's like, I got pregnant. I'm like, we're getting married. <laughs> so so I, did it all, I did it all backwards. And then um, when I told my parents, because it's their first grandkid, uh, it, he was their first grandkid, my son. Um, my dad was like, you should move out here uh, for a few years. And, and I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Cause they live out here. I was like, you're right. Oh, they live, your parents live in Costa Rica. Yeah. So, so I really? moved down. Yeah. I moved out here uh, so they can enjoy their first grandkid. And I figured it's a nice place for the, for the, the kids, you know, there's a beach right there and uh, it's way cheaper than Los Angeles. And, you know, we'll go out there for a few years and we'll, fi we'll figure out what we do after that. And it's actually been, it's going to be two years in like six days. We, so did she work like remotely from Costa Rica? No, I, I made my wife quit her job. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so are you like, why are your parents there? Why are your parents in Costa Rica? We started coming out here in the 90s uh, for surfing, you know, and, and I grew up in Miami, Florida. So it was only a two hour flight. And um, my dad, he was the CEO of a fragrance company. And a publicly traded fragrance company. And in 2008 or 2007, he was ousted. And, mm. you know, with all the stock he had, he sold it all, obviously. And half of that money went into buying property out here. And he bought um, a large piece of land with a farm on it. And in 2010 or so, he moved out here with my mom and they're running the farm. So they've been out here since around 2010. And um, you know, again, I, I figured I, it's my duty. I should bring the family back together. So I had to come to them, um, so they could be with their first grandkid. Nice. Yeah. What do you mean? It's your duty. I hate when conservatives glorify the nuclear family. Cause I think it's an utter failure. It's not, it doesn't coincide with how we evolved. You know, we were fairly nomadic and so we were around our, not only our family, but our tribe. And then, right. uh, everything kind of became a fragment, like it, a fragment of that. And one of the, you know, best alternatives to the, the nomadic tribe, I think was the generational household, which I think is amazing. And, and, um, that's what I wanted to experience. You know, I don't believe in nannies. I don't believe in, um, daycares very much so the only way you could you know have the help you 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 really need when you have a, 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 a you know young family is you, you know being with your parents and yeah you know i was thinking about this um because alzheimer's is like through the roof and i think it has to do with people people uh taking all kinds of weird pharmaceuticals especially when they're young but also I think it has to do with the fact that millennials aren't having as many kids as previous generations and their parents being completely alone and lonely. Yeah. And I think if you separate yeah. yourself from your parents, like the Italians are the opposite, you know, they're, they're, they're like on top of each other. Uh, the cousins, everyone's with each other, you know? Um, and they're very family oriented in the United States. It's sad. It's sad that we're not very family oriented. And I, I, 
one of my theories is that Alzheimer's and dementia are going through the roof because not only because of the pharmaceuticals, but because um, our elderly are completely and utterly useless because we're not utilizing yeah, like them. Disconnected, right? Yeah, yeah. Disconnected. I think that that's largely true. Kids keep them young. That's the thing. Like my my dad is so active. He with with our son, um, and it almost tires me out. Like to see how active they are. I'm like, I don't know how you have this energy. Um, but if you didn't have that, I think he would be aging very rapidly and deteriorating, deteriorating, sorry, very rapidly. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. I mean, I, I don't know, as I get older, I do like, I used to be like exactly in your, in your, uh, boat on this. Um, but also now I'm like, man, would I really want all these people up in my shit all the time? Like, maybe, maybe not. You, you know what don't I mean? Like, do. I mean, that's the thing. Like, like, you, you might not. The thing is, you might not be used to it because another invention from modern day United States, modern day America is uh, you're 18, you're out of the house, you know? So it's like we're conditioning people that that's normal. But in reality, like it's not normal to have to have roommates and to pay for rent yeah. in a shitty place. Like you should be living at home for as yes, long as that, possible. Well, that I agree for sure. Yeah. You should definitely like, I mean, I'm such a, I am the absolute like pillar example of the boomer, like the, the progressive boomer, like, um, mentality, you know, it was like, we're going to send you to whatever college you want to go to. And you're going to move to a big city afterwards and you're going to live with your friends in a roommate situation and you're going to get a job and then you're going to go to graduate school. Like I am exactly like a function of that. Right. Like boomer. Mentality. I didn't do any of that, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, I mean, but on the other hand, my family is a bunch, everybody in my family is ultra progressive. So if I had to fucking live with them in a house, I would yeah, I get go, it. I mean, that's sad. I that's kill them all. Yeah, I get it. And a lot yeah. of people are in that boat, but that's yeah. another thing. Like, that's how polarized politics has become. Um, we when we were a more socially cohesive country, the the yeah. difference in politics was like minor policy stuff. You know, I mean, obviously there was the civil war and all that, which I think was huge manipulation. But I'm talking about like for the majority of people outside of the political world, it was like, oh, you don't think we should have health care, and I think we should have health care. Okay. I mean, how many fights really would come from that, you know? But it's so completely polarized that, like, there are people who can't talk to their family because of politics. Oh, I'm one of them, dude. I mean, like, I... It didn't used to Trump be that was way. Like, no, I mean, definitely didn't used to be that way. I, I mean, that was... Uh, that was like a big, difficult moment for me, you know, it was uh, 2016, 2017. I mean, like losing so many people in my life, you know, and then with COVID losing even more, Yeah, you know, like, because like, yeah. how many people did you lose with COVID? You know, I mean, like how many people, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what your history is, but I had so many people during Trump and then COVID just like, yeah, show their true colors to me. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't lose family uh, because of like pretty much my whole family, extended family, all conservative. Um, oh, really? Okay. But I did lose a ton of friends and it, people I've known since I'm 30. 
seven in October. So people I've known since I was fifteen in Los Angeles. Yeah. I, oh yeah. People, oh, you grew up in LA? No, you grew up in Miami. I grew up in Miami, but my brother, yeah. my oldest brother, moved out to LA in two thousand one. So I would go there all the time, and these are people I've known since I was fifteen, and they completely canceled me. Um, oh, yeah. which is, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. So it's not as tragic when it's just friends. Cause it doesn't, that doesn't really matter. But, um, yeah, it's devastating when family does that to one another. Um, it's, it's, it's really bizarre how they can turn on each other like that. Um, well, but aren't we like, when I kind of came to a realization a, a, about a year ago, when I really decided like, okay my life is now dedicated to like this movement, right? Like my dad, my life is now dedicated to creating things and to creating things for the purpose of forwarding like what we're doing here, you know? And I think you're doing the same thing. Once I made that decision, it was like really freeing, you know, because all these people that I had tried so hard to make an effort to have a relationship with, even when they were so pissed at me for this opinion or that opinion and, you know, like, like so angry and, you know, I was always disappointed with them because it's like, you know, what do you mean? I can't come to your house because like the TV tells you wear a mask. It's like, are you fucking insane? It's like, like what happens when the TV tells you don't hang yeah. out with that person because they're this race or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, are you going to then do that? And they are. The answer is they are going to do that. Yeah, they they, yeah, they are those people. They're fucking sheep. You know, they're literally fucking sheep. And, you know, at a certain point, you just think, oh, well, my role in life is not the same as these people's role in life. You know, like their role in life is to just go do whatever they're told to do. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think when you give yourself really over to being an artist, when you say like, this is what I'm going to do, you just lose like all those people fuck them you know like I, they're not really meant to do what we do anyway and and frankly like since i fucking made that decision my life is so much better like oh, yeah. my life i'm so much less like stressed i mean yeah. like i'm stressed now because i run my own business which is like very stressed but stressful but it's a better type of stress you know it's not like despair yeah totally totally yeah yeah, yeah no i i agree with that and it, it's funny because the you know, when I was a little younger, I was more libertarian, which I'm not. Um, and you know, you, you're the whole mantra is, you know, it, it, it's just, it's basically like, just do what feels good. And I think that's kind of what liberalism is as well. It's just do what feels good. If it doesn't hurt anyone else and it doesn't matter, but all of that matters because if you're hurting yourself and you do what feels good, um, and if any, if everyone did that, then we're not going to have a very happy and healthy society. So the moment you I don't, you don't no, have a happy and healthy no. society, right? I mean, it's, it happened. It already, it yeah. already happened. And the moment yeah. I decided to completely shift my life and become a little bit more serious about, uh, you know, what I wanted and what I needed, um, then that's when I became more fulfilled and, and, and happy. Yeah. Uh, when you put those restrictions on yourself, you know, um, it's almost like we're, we need to have restrictions and we can't have un uh, 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 unfiltered or uh, uh, sort of so-called freedom when it's really not like if, if you can't control your primal urges, then you're not free. You know, if you just constantly yeah. are seeking dopamine hits, then yeah, you're not free. That's, but I love how that's like people's, 
a definition of freedom. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. It's like as if being dictated by your animal desires is any more free than being dictated by your higher level right. desires. Right. And they, I think that that's right. And liberalism has kind of tricked people into thinking that, oh, I'm free if I can smoke weed all day. And it's like yeah. that, that doesn't make you free, really. You You're know free I mean? if it's you like, smoke Hestias all day. Hestia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, okay. So talk to me just uh, about the business of what you do. I mean, I, I, how have you found... Um, I'm sure a million, pe- million people are looking at what you're doing and being like, man, that would be fucking sick if that's what, you know, if I, if all I did all day was like, you know, make a podcast and, you know, yeah. uh, tweet and blah, blah, blah. Like, is it I really mean, there stressful? Is, there is. Yeah. I mean, there is a little bit level of a stress. Like if, for instance, if I had a, a job with the blaze, I, I, I'm sure I would be restricted and I wouldn't be able to completely say what's on my mind because they have their you know, they have their agenda, like every, everyone has an agenda. Um, yeah. but I would have job security, which that that seems nice, but you know, on top of having to make content, uh, and put out podcasts and, you know, do two to three shows a week. And, you know, I have to tweet like that. Part of the job is I have to tweet and I have to be on Twitter and I have to save things and I have to be plugged in. Um, none of that affects me personally, like mental health. Everyone's obsessed with that. It doesn't affect me because it's completely separate from my real life, but I have to be on top of it. And I also have to make sure I'm getting subscribers. And, uh, I've written a couple of eBooks that are also on my gum road and I, I'm, you know, trying to pump those sales up. Um, so it's oh, nice. Yeah, you have these ebooks. You have the right. That's I wanted to ask you about this. You yeah. have one ebook called This Is Not Financial Advice, How to Negotiate with Banks, which yeah. is quite interesting. And then uh yeah, you have another one too that I was interested called in. Called the manual, yeah. The manual. So well, yeah, what are these ebooks that you so have? So the manual like basically part of shifting my whole life around was I started to follow all these like right wing and on bodybuilder type of people with health advice. And I was, I was applying a lot of what they were talking about it to my life. And I'm like, Oh, this actually works. So I learned a lot from these people and it's mainly like bullet point stuff where I don't really remember uh, the science behind it, but I, I, you know, remember what uh, via trial and error, what works and what doesn't. And um, after completely shifting my life, I was like, oh, um, back in February, I was I was like, I should put together like a little manual for people based off of what I've learned, uh, things that I wish I knew when I was 18 and things that I hope my son learns just in case I it, like if I die, then at least he'll have this thing that he could learn from, you know, what I learned and it'll be a shortcut. So I put I put together that that one that I released that one first and um it it sold over seven hundred. <laughs> I love these copies. these bullets. The the bullets are table of contents. Yeah. Video games are gay. Weed yeah. is a fly. <laughs> Weed is a fag plant. Yeah. How to find men in a non-gay way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, no it's porn, funny. No porn or masturbation ever. How to find a quality female who is not on birth control. Go yeah. to the gym. Yeah, so it's like basic common knowledge right. that we know, but most normies don't. And it's sold over right. 730 copies. And it's grossed over $13,000 or something. Wow. For a PDF, 
for a PDF. Yeah, for a PDF, pretty good. That's pretty awesome. You know, I don't have to ship anything. So then I did the financial book, and it's not selling as much as the manual because. Well, yeah. What is this financial book? Like, why, why, why do you know about this? Is why I'm trying to like figure out what your is. Like, what is your thing? Yeah. I. I don't know, but I do know. (laughs) I do know, like. I, I was in debt with credit card stuff or yeah, credit card stuff. And, um, I was under the misconception that you have to pay them back everything and you don't, um, if you can't, then you shouldn't like Dave Ramsey and those types of people are like, you got to pay all your debt. And it's like, what they don't tell you is that you could literally negotiate with the bank because most people will pay back or will try to pay back. So that's how the bank makes money, but it won't, it's not it's not cost effective for them to chase you down if you can't pay them back. So they'll, they'll take pennies on the dollar and that's what people don't know. So I literally just listed out how a step-by-step on how people can negotiate with the bank if they are in trouble with debt. And the, what people don't know is your credit score. Yes, it's going to take a hit, but it resets every seven years. If you square everything away with them, it's going to be fine. You're not going to, and also, I don't think you should want to buy a house, in my opinion. I don't think that should be a goal for people um, because everything is so fucked. We're not living in the 1950s. We're yeah. not living in the, the, the boomer generation. It's just That's just not the reality of things anymore. So yeah. they can go fuck themselves. But um, all of that is in the ecosystem of wrong opinion. And it's it's uh, it's, I guess you can call it like a little small business. And it's just me. Um, and it is stressful, but, but, uh, it's worked. Hey, it's, it's sustained my family, uh, single income, you know, it's sustained my family for, uh, you know, three years or so already so far, I guess. And there's another thing I'm working on in Los Angeles, which it's in a transition phase and I can't talk about it, but that has also been a thing. So all I can say is that I guess I am also a political consultant Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and that's another thing I'm doing, but, um, it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the show. Um, in this world of political punditry, I'm not the smartest person. Uh, um, I, I don't claim to be, I'm just a nor- normal guy. And I think that's maybe what is relatable to people. It's like, you know, I don't think, I think that it, it maybe can be off putting for people to, you know, be talked down to, you know, like everyone's, you know, for these people pundits to be like i'm smarter than you and this is why you should listen to me i'm like i'm i don't know if i'm smarter than you but i have good instinct and i think you should listen to me because it could protect you i'm like a doomsday prepper for uh for the cultural world or the political world you know um cultural prepper i'm a a cultural doomsday prepper cultural cultural doomsday prepper yeah exactly like you know if you if you i pay attention to the patterns if you pay attention to the pattern patterns with me uh, you can, it's a shortcut on how to protect your family. Like I was, as an example, when I started the podcast and it was in the sad water, uh, the sad water, sad cast, and it was getting political. I was talking about the trans stuff in like 2016, 2017 or so. No, like 2017, I was talking about the trans stuff and how, um, teachers are becoming pedophiles and all that. And my dad was like, you know, you're right, but why are you talking about it? It's not even a big deal. Like, you shouldn't be, you know, fixated on it. I'm like, trust me, it's a big deal. And then now it's mainstream. Five years later, yeah. mainstream. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
sort of like a culture predictor kind of also. Um, you got in like huge trouble last week or something, didn't you? Didn't you get in huge? <laughs> you got what happened? You were making some okay, of, so fun this of is some a, this, Yeah, this is a perfect <laughs> example. This is a perfect example. And I'm the bad guy. And not only that, I was the bad guy on both sides. I had a neocon people like Pedro Gonzalez. And oh, yeah. These, everybody was pissed at you, man. Everyone. Was, and that's that how you know I'm up. right. And that's how you know I'm yeah. right. So I'm doubling so down. So what happened? What okay. happened? So there was there's this girl, and she runs a coffee pop up thing in Toronto with her dad, and her she's weird looking. You know, she had I guess she had brain damage, um, from a car accident or something, and she's probably a very good person. So I'm not saying she's like a terrible person or anything. Uh, her name is Caitlin Campbell, and she runs this coffee pop up with her dad and. Some of the proceeds go to uh, goes to help solve homelessness in Toronto, and apparently they're failing because it's none of that is ever working. You know, all of this charity and none of it ever works. But whatever. Besides the point. Yeah, right, so she right. she's put she, her shtick is like she's she's very enthusiastic and she has amazing customer service and she calls all her patrons friend. Hello, friend. Here's your coffee, friend. I hope you have a yeah. good one, friend. And it's very animated, and she's super animated. And all I said was, um, what is the what did I say? Not physiognomy. What a uh, phenotype. I said, what is this phenotype? Nickelodeon and its consequences. I posted her TikTok, <laughs> and people went nuts. You're attacking her because she's fat, because she is, but she's working on it. She goes to the gym. You're attacking her because of her looks. You're t and I said, and listen, Google what phenotype means. I was literally attacking her personality because I was not buying it. I don't think it's genuine. And I think it's very weird that be and I, this goes back to how everyone's infantilizing themselves. Like we all have yeah. to be so perky and whatever. Good customer service. If you go back 100 years, if there was, you go to a fa fancy five-star hotel and, and it's the concierge, you go to the main guy, it's not going to be like, hello, friend, what can I do for you? It's it's very um, – it was probably very um, uh, proper and, and, and just very eloquent and very chill. That is good customer service. We are so accustomed to, um, you know – Mr. Rogers neighborhood or whatever. And we're so, so accustomed to performing for people on social media that we mistake someone pretending to be S SpongeBob SquarePants. We mistake that as good customer service. So I posted that tweet thinking no one would see it. And it got 30 million views or more than 30 million. Oh my views. God. 30 million. And Jesus. Every, and the thing is, is it resonated because Everyone on both sides, everyone was mad at me because they were mind readers. They were misinterpreting what it is, even though it was very clear what I was talking about, what it is, as I meant, you know, and Insider Magazine, they reached out to me on on uh, Instagram for a statement. And I said, I'll give you a statement if you print it in full. And she's like, I can't promise you we're going to print it in full. We're going to print the truth, though. So you know what that means. So my oh, response God. then was like, okay, I said, okay, I'm not giving you my, my, my long statement. I'm going to give you my one sentence statement. And it was, I'm glad I was able to garner a lot of attention for her brand. And that's it. Ah, okay. Yeah. Which, which, how could you make me look bad for that? And then also it means you guys all fell for it. And it means that this, this, this was all an effort to help her and her brand. And I helped a lot because she put out statements saying how, They've never had such sales. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure you did help in, in the long run. Yeah. So, uh, you yeah, know what? You know what we can market me as? Shit, man. Sorry? Just people love it. The internet is so stupid. You know, I mean, this is what's frustrating. It's frustrating, um, you know. The internet sucks, dude. It's fucking it's shitty. It's, it's a, stupid. It's a it's terrible given, fucking it's, place. You know, it's, it's a and yeah. It, yeah. It's given the dumbest. It's just people for like voice. people like you and I have to meet. We have to meet. It's like uh, you know, like it's kind of like to get to heaven you have to go through hell kind of thing. It's right. Like, Twitter is the stupidest, ugliest, shittiest. TikTok's worse. Place. Yeah, TikTok it, it, is worse. Or, or and TikTok and TikTok, which I like. I've I figured out how to do TikTok. I don't do it, but yeah, I'm a writer. You know, like I'm fundamentally a writer, so that's what I should be doing. But I figured out how to. I like I figured out how to get big on TikTok. I have a couple right. of posts on there that got like millions, and. Uh, it's a TikTok in a way though is actually like Twitter and TikTok are better than any of the other ones, but because there is great shit on it, but it's also just like they're fucking horrible places. Yeah. Like they're definitely bad. It's like, how you curate it. Good. It's how you curate it for yeah. sure. Yeah. But hey, so, look, if if uh part of your company, maybe you should have me on the roster as hate for hire. So if a company needs shit. if a company needs like um uh, attention and eyeballs. I will put out a tweet saying "fuck them" because of something, something. Yeah, anti, right. And yeah, then anti marketing. And then and then you pay me for that. Yeah, we'll pay you to like to say something horrible, and everybody yeah. will will yeah. run to their defense. Yeah. No, man. It's uh, it's an ugly, uh, it's an ugly thing. Social media, man. I mean, it's it's really like um, it's dark. So um. Cool, man. Well, we should probably wrap this up because I actually have to go golfing. To be to go be golf, honest. yeah. So you, um, yeah, like what's next for you? I mean, it seems like you have something going in, uh, in, in, um, LA. Like, yeah. what, what, are you going to write another book? Like, what's yeah? Gonna so next? I'm going to write the man, a man explaining the manual for women, um, which I have all. I have a bunch of things I wrote out that I have to now fill in the blanks. You know, I wrote a lot of bullet points and then I'm going to plug it in. And, um, I think that, I think that since men thrive off of camaraderie, um, the manosphere exists, but there's no femisphere. So I think it needs a man, a man's touch, you know, uh, it needs a man giving them advice about themselves in order to thrive. So man explaining the manual for women is next. Um, yeah. and then the thing I'm working on in LA is pretty interesting. Again, it's, it's not something I can talk about, but, um, when it comes out, it should be cool. And then hopefully that opens up many more doors and, uh, I think it will. I don't know. I mean, I have to be very vague with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't ruin your, uh, your NDA or whatever. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, dude, this was really great. I'm, I'm super glad we met. I'm super glad we connected. I, you know, I've been seeing you for a while. I saw you, you know, my, uh, Masa, you posted Masa at Erewhon, I, I think at a certain point. They untagged me. I, it was, it was perfect it, advertising. 
Yeah, but you you literally tagged it. What do I post as a day in a racist podcaster? Okay, so, <laughs> three hundred thousand views on on what Instagram. Yeah, so, they can't fucking be a dude. You got to. These are people running businesses, bro. It's not. Uh, you know, you got to be. You got to be, of course, sympathetic. Yeah, but I'm not associated with them. I mean, you know, whatever. But I love oh, the right. chips. I still buy the chips. You know, you know, I don't. I don't take yeah. offense to that. Yeah. I mean, you can't get them there. You can't get them in Costa Rica. No, I'm saying whenever I'm in LA, I buy them. Yeah, yeah. No, they're great. Um, but um, no, I, that was a hilarious video. And you're saying it, I mean, you know, it's just you're. It's your, a joke. It's, I was joking. It's, yeah, you're describing yourself in a funny way. But no, I'm right there with you with all the raw milk shit. I'm, I'm totally. Uh, oh, yeah. Totally there. But um, all right, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on. And we'll put all the links, uh, of course, in here. And uh, yeah. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, I'll come back on when I can talk about the thing I'm working on. But in the meantime, yeah. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. For sure. Totally, man. Peace. Thank you. All right. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to send this to you. I'll do a I'm going to finish recording.